Hey guys, uh, welcome to um, Chaos Movies, here with Chris, sitting in my lounge room right now just thinking that um, I wanted to talk about uh, a movie that I've watched many times, several times actually, um, Mile 22, the old uh, Mark Wahlberg film uh, back in 2018 that was out. It's directed by Peter Berg, who I've seen in many movies um, as an actor. He's pretty much a producer, mostly directing and writing these days. But mate, it's interesting because I, I read that there's like 24 active producers on this actual movie, which is which is a massive amount. But I'm sure it's for a reason, given the fact that they filmed it mostly in uh, Colombia, even though it's supposed to be shot in Indo Car. But um, I suppose that's a some sort of reason for that, and that's probably why they need um, this. Uh, amount of producers to either tie it all together. But that's that's uh, one of the things I noticed. Like, this movie, though, is one of the most erratic, fast-paced movies that I've watched in terms of um, how they talk to the action scenes, shaky cam stuff, um, start to finish, no breaks between the first, second, and third acts. It's kind of just like a first and a third or it's yeah, I'm not sure I haven't really gone into it that much but I definitely like to point out that the biggest reason why I think it's erratic and um, uh, confusing at times is because I believe it's mostly from the perspective of Mark Wahlberg's character Silver and how he's high functioning they go a little bit of into his bio at the start in the early credits they don't give you much else um, and he, you know, keeps slapping his wrist with the, with that rubber band to, to reset himself as a form of, uh, real time stimulation to, to reset him when things are going crazy. So sometimes I like to think the movie is a lot easier if you watch it from a point, a position as if you were Mark Warburg, obviously, or his character Silver. You, you, you'd actually understand it a lot more. That's the reason why it's so fast-paced, because for him, it's crazy. The situation is hugely crazy. Um, so that's that's exciting for me. That's why I keep going back to it, because it's so quick and there's so much to pick up. You might miss, see, you might see little things. You're, it's it's really cool. As for actual character choice, I mean, you can't go past John Malkovich being in the position of um, point man for the Operation Overwatch um, uh, group. And... Obviously, they've just got some miscellaneous actors in there. And then you've got um, the girl, um, Alice, played by Lauren Cohen, which I looked her up, and she doesn't seem to be in too many um, too many big movies, a couple of stints here and there and some various stuff. But in this movie, they do such a good job at making her just as unstable as um, Mark Warburg's character, Silver. I mean... She's got these eyes that just scream. She just wants to kill someone. She's crazy, going through a divorce. You know, of course, Peter Berg plays her husband, and um, you get to see his face. I love it when a director uh, makes a makes an appearance in their own movie. It's kind of funny that way, but you can see she's massively unhinged about that divorce, which is standard. If anyone's ever gone through a divorce, they'd probably understand. But to put her in a group where their job is solely to become ghosts and take absolute risks to get an operation done she just gives that female touch to the group where it's kind of 
nurturing, edgy, fucking sexy as well. And then, of course, she's just pure violence within her. Once she sets off, she is just violence to the max. And I love it. I think it's fucking great. Ronda Rousey gets put in there, you know, she's she's tough chick and I don't think she's the greatest actress, um, but as a fighter, I mean she is just nuts. Um but she adds a bit of she adds a bit of um a spirit in the uh into the the scenes when it's action because you know she can definitely play that part. Um so and once you get um those characters and their little backstories going on with that. They've come over to the other side um, to Lee Nor's um, role, played by Iko Uwaris, I think it is, or Uace. I'm not sure. I love this dude. I've seen him in several movies that I can't pronounce, but the most ones that I remember would be Raid 1 and 2. The guy's skills are off the charts. His English is good, and he's also it's a subtitles movie, I think, for Raid and Wade 2, which you just... Um, you just deal with it, but it's just that he, he's crazy. And in this movie, they probably spend a little bit too much time shaking the camera around while he's fighting. I suppose that it must be a like a, a thing they do when they want to hide certain techniques or something like that. But the guy is so skilled, there's probably not even no need to, need for it. Um, but either way, they, they pull it off and um, give you a little bit of excitement at the start of the movie, that's for sure, when he comes into the... Things so there probably will be some spoilers as I keep talking along. Um, but I, I do like to point out that when they do movies like this, I'm always a bit I'm interested to see how they pull it off when they put someone who's got really good skills in fighting and whatnot as a character. So they write him in as a you know he's an ex special forces, all this kind of stuff. And you got Mark Wahlberg who's the same um with his character you know he has a lot of history in 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 war and stuff like that so i always wondered that if they were at this point early on the movie you're thinking are they ever going to have a fight together how's it going to work and obviously that doesn't end up being the case but i only bring that up because i remember watching an older movie back in the day lethal weapon 4 with jet lee who's one of my favorite um martial artist actors as well as real life martial artists as well and he comes up against Danny glover and bloody Mel Gibson in the fight, and you're thinking, well, hold on, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, but anyway, they did that. So when I saw this part, I was like, well, here we go again, high-profile actor, Mark Warburg with a crazy character. He's probably good at boxing at the best of times or something like that or some sort of crazy shit where then you've got Lee Nor. He's, he's um, uh, written in in this movie as a, just an insane insane fighter martial artist and he comes up against other guys that seem to fight the same way and it's really exciting so yeah it obviously works for me so we'll we'll move on from that once they activate the overwatch program which seems interesting to me because i've always thought in things like this you could just sneak him out the back door walk him down the street and probably get to a bus and get all the way to mile 22 where the plane is and You'd be right, but no, of course, they've got to go on the big forerunners and land cruisers or Humvees, and they're black with black windows, and they look tactical, of course, when you're driving down the street. Well, anyone who's brazen enough or under threat enough to get back at all costs in their own country, mind you, that it's in their country. They're going to do whatever it takes to get this guy back. It's just it's it, but they're just so balls out driving out of the embassy. So, of course... That brings me back to my next um, 
character in the movie who doesn't play a massive part, but he his name's Axel, I think it is. He's the one it's one of my favourite scenes in the movie. It's just the run in he has in the embassy with Mark Warburg's character. So Sam Medina uh plays Axel, Mark Warburg plays Silver. And Mark Warburg's stuffing around in the in the um minister's office, I think it was, or the um consulate, whatever her name was. <laughs> and they're just looking at each other and they're just taking little stabs at each other and he's just like, you know, he's a low he's a low level cop and Mark Wahlberg's like, you guys been here suggest he's not so low level. They just keep attacking each other and just get you can just tell these guys are gonna have it out at some point and it's power versus power and just at the end part he just whispers to um Silver and just says, you know, be careful and Silver's response was, you fucking be careful. And, of course, they set the lighting up. I think in this movie they've done a lot with the lighting where it comes up from the ground or reflects off a white surface. You see it at the start when Alice and Warburg are in the um, – I'm sorry if I keep saying the character and then the actual actor, but um, Lauren and Mark Warburg in the bathroom scene where he's having to go at it because the intel for the season wasn't good, there's – Big basins in front of them, eight of them, four on either side, and the light is reflecting off them, coming up onto their eyes. So when um, when Wahlberg's like staring, he's got his eyebrows raised and slapping his wrist. You can just the, the reflection just means he's crazy. And the same thing with Alice. I mean, she's um, she you can tell she's unhinged, but then when you see Rhonda, it's not really doing it for her. You know, the eyes aren't as out there. They do that a lot. They do it when Wahlberg talks with John. Uh, who the guy he wants to he's just begging like a dog he's begging to get Overwatch activated via that and they're both having an eyebrow stare off and once again I think the lighting's coming up from underneath and you can just see they're both just he's unhinged he's unhinged they do it with um, uh, Axel uh, Medina's character so that's it so you just know something cool's coming out of that and um, then you've got the rest of the people in the cars are just guns for hire. I do like how they throw in for um, Lee Nor's character the uh, the calming pressure point activations via the fingers. I haven't looked much into that, but um, it's like supposed to be a to refocus the points. Um, it would be the same as breathing techniques to um, calm the heartbeat down, whether it's to something to do with your sympathetic nervous system or and to activate your parasympathetic or something like that it's probably got something to do with that anyway probably going a bit too far into that part that doesn't really matter um i did notice a couple of things when they had the car chase and they blew up the left side of the car and of course all the damage done to the guys and then i saw Rhonda get out of the car and she's all bloodied up on the right side some people have already said or some critics i don't know fucking critics they're they're like just just watch a movie Pull it apart, but don't don't just go crazy. And I'm not, I'm not a critic by any means. I just love movies and I love ranting about it. But if you're sitting in the back right of a car, I know that mate, at the end of the day they should have probably all been blown up. But let's just suggest it's a heavily armored vehicle and it has a bomb on the outside. You don't know what type, whatever. It's going to create some sort of fireball. So if you're on the right side of the car and the flame heat rises goes up to the the roof of the car, it's going to come down on the right side of her body and damage the right side. People are saying, or critics are saying, the explosion was on the left of the car, so the left side of her body should have got damaged. But, you know, there's a seat behind her, there's a guy on the left, he took all that, 
she's copped the burns at the right side of fate. I'm fine with that. That's believable. Um, I got no problems with that, obviously. So when they when that happens, I mean, that was a pretty cool explosion. Car went up, all that, and then the guns. One thing I do love is good sound effects when it comes to weaponry. I only suggest that because if anyone out there has seen, which I'd love to talk about it on one of my next um, uh, chaos, uh, chaos podcasts would probably be the movie Heat with um, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, famous, classic, gritty, edgy, heist movie of all, the best of all time. The gun scenes in that are just on point. The sounds, the echoes, everything is crisp and clean, like as if they had microphones placed all around the city so they can get every possible sound position. They also did it in another movie, which I didn't think had a good twist, but I I don't know if it was the best movie, but it it tried to be too much like Heat, and that was Den of Thieves with uh, Mike, uh, Mike Benning. Uh, Mike Benning's from fucking Olympus Has Fallen, uh, Gerard Butler. Now, in one of those scenes, the guns, and you, you, that, that's just amazing stuff. It's quality. So they did do that with this movie that I believe they like to choose their weapons and the sounds. Everyone had different guns. Bad guys tend to have more semi, like full automatic, um, like uh, Uzis or Tech Nines or something like that, something really short and fast, uh, maybe MPK5s or something like that. Uh, I'm not a massive gun expert, play a lot of PUBG, and that's um, you learn a bit there. But but then when you come to the, the good side, the Overwatch side, their guns are more like semi-automatic or, you know, assault rifle type stuff where they, they've got the, the punchy sound, like they're, you know, that kind of stuff. So that being said, it was it was great shootout scenes. I, I, I thoroughly liked that and the car scenes. Just every movie needs that. Action movie needs the explosions, the weapons, the car chase, the smart talk, the good fighting. Um, of course, the the satellite imagery and the fast computer work, um, hacking, all this kind of stuff. You know, the rerouting of your direction, like they can see what's coming. There's lights out up ahead. Take the next right. It's like there's got to be a disconnect between their between their satellite connection between the satellite talking and to the to the person listening. Like, sometimes I just think they turn too quick after they just received the information. Um, so as for that part, I thoroughly enjoyed it and the standoff between Dougie, um, and that was good too. As I said, I always knew that Axel was going to meet Silver at some point, and I do love... How they go into that little safe house and a uh, little safe house. I think it was a cafe or a bakery, and they're having a breather, getting a new car or whatever the hell they're doing. And of course, Mark Wahlberg sees Medina standing over in the park, and like, let's face it, bad guy, good guy. If we're in the real world, they would have shot the shit out of that cafe just to get who they needed, or they would have gone around the back and trapped them in some way. It was more of them against them, but that's what makes this movie really good and erratic because. Mark Wahlberg, from his perspective, perspective as Silver, he is unstable, cocky, highly intelligent, over, um, hypersensitive, uh, all that kind of stuff. So he's just like, you know what? This guy wants to play a game, so I'm going to go out there and have a yarn to him. And of course, Malkovich, John Malkovich, saying some stuff in the earpiece like, stop monologuing, you bipolar fuck, is probably... <laughs> One of the coolest things you could say because, you know, if that was me, I would have, I would have lost my train of thought hearing that in my ears. But of course, he's like, you know, rants off towards Axel. He's just like, mm-hmm, 
they let him walk back in. But then obviously you're thinking, why didn't they kill him? But obviously that's the that's the sleight of hand, isn't it? Sleight of hand being that they already planted the bomb in the cafe and they were just waiting um, to clear out the cafe, I guess, of civilians before they blew it up. And, uh, of course, Mark Wahlberg already knew that. And uh, he turned around and saved a little girl while he was at it, and then that's it. So, once again, I told you they were going to meet up and it was always going to be, it was going to be fun. So, obviously, they, they move on. And when they're getting chased and they find a new route and they end up being backed in the corner, they almost made it. You're thinking, oh, wow, they're really going to make it. And then they get smashed in the back end and end up once again having to find another way out using their superior Overwatch capabilities from the, the eyes in the sky, um, taking them through a building. When you look at it, you look at it. As soon as they're entering, you know this thing's a fortress. I mean, Overwatch should have known that. They probably should have said, yeah, don't go in there because, uh, well, let's just face it, it looks like a project's building and it's solid concrete and there's going to be bars on the windows and only a couple of exit and entry points that are mostly from the front. And, yep, well, they take him in there. And, but that's where they bring in that whole uh, fight scene stuff, close cam, shaky stuff in the hallway, just so they can establish a bond between Mark Wahlberg and... Um, Ikoswasia, I think, and I need to really have a listen to someone else saying his name. It's Yowasis, uh, I think it is. I'm not sure. So they developed their little thing. That that whole scene, even though it is a crazy prison kind of environment in that building, I do like when Alice gets cornered. Um, and I, it's definitely not a sexist thing. I mean, it was just her and... Mark Wahlberg and Zingo left. So when she, they got separated, well, naturally, you know, it's time for her to shine, right? So this is the thing. They want to show you just how violent she can be because she said that to Lee Nor in the interrogation room. She said, do you think just because I'm a fucking woman that I'm not capable of extreme violence? <laughs> and, and I'm sure she said something else, but they need to prove that now. So... She says that it'd just be shit if you just went on and she either got killed or the end of the movie happened and she was okay. So that's when they put her in that room where it's a fight or flight situation. She tries to get out the window and she's like, holy shit. And she's going crazy and she's using the last guns and, and that's it. And then uh, she does that sick move with those freaking grenades, which I don't know about you, but those grenades were insanely big. Um, and, you know, like, I question the timing of the duct tape and all that kind of stuff. But when it happened, of course she kills everyone and she's all good and she's trying to get out and then she sees that big dude, big wrestling motherfucker. Like a, he's enormous. He's like six foot six. And I love that, that part that she's playing the poor mother and innocent. And meanwhile, she's just holding that big chunk of glass at the back. And that's it. But she he grabs it. She just like lets that rage out and just goes fucking gorilla all over this guy. That was exciting. I mean, look, physically, the dude was enormous. Rage isn't going to help her all the way. She could get a couple of good shots in, but uh, everyone knows the that part how that would go if it um, if the boys didn't rock up and and save her. Um, but. Yeah, that was, and then of course he's like, come on, get your shit together, let's go. So it was like, stop stuffing around, you're good. Like, he's just like, let's move, like, get over it. That's his, that's, that's just what he liked. So that's it. I mean, I thoroughly, 
thoroughly enjoy all those scenes and the way they handled it. And I believe it will work for you if you watch it. Don't just watch it as a point of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch it and try to be a crazy person. Pretend or imagine yourself from years in uh, trauma, you know, from uh, Mark Wahlberg's, uh, I think the, in the bio of him growing up, he, what, his mom died with his two twin brothers and he was the only one left and, you know, raised by the system or whatever. So try and put yourself in that position and see how you turn out, see how cold, edgy, heartless you would freaking be. And same with um, Alice's character, you know. She's obviously got that dark side, but she's also going through a divorce, so that's pretty dark, and she's a trained killer. So that's um, that's how it works for me. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's where they get to at that point. I think they cut the power at some point in that building, and then he has another run-in with Axel. And Axel's um, – I haven't really looked up where he's uh, – the actor is Sam Medina, where he's from – but his accent suggests, to me, I, I, I could be wrong, but I'm assuming he might be American because there's a there's a couple of scenes there where he's just like, you haven't got uh, Wahlberg's out of ammo and they're standing in the hallway and he's just like, hey, um, you wouldn't happen to have any rounds of 45, would you? He's like, I got some for you. And that kind of accent that he said there just suggested it was, sounded like Dr. Dre was standing down the hallway like, yeah, I got some for you. Or like a Wesley Snipes, like, here's something for you. And you just sort of like, okay, right. So that's where it did make sense to me because when you when you watch this movie, because it's in Colombia, you start looking at all the people, and you're thinking oh, some of the actors look like they're from Indo, uh, from Asia, and then now some of them are from Colombia. So they've probably got a bit of a mix, and that's where look, that's 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 probably digging too far into it, but I really enjoyed that part. And then he disappears, and you're like, oh, hold on. And so it's like they're setting him up so they can be released, and, you know, they find themselves a car, and, and off they go, and the edgy guys at Overwatch are just waiting and waiting and waiting for him to get to the thing, and then they come across old Axel again in the middle of the road, and that's where Mark Wahlberg's just like, enough's enough. And I think it's a, what's it called, a, not an AWAC, um, the drone comes down and blows the shit out of him and um, off they go and get on the plane. And that's, that's where I thought, wow, that's really easy. But I kept questioning the Russian thing because there was always that rushed part of the start um, and the airplane and the, the lady who looked very, very important. And they were, I was just thinking, why are they logged into their system? Why are they over-listening uh, listening in on the Overwatch? Like, why, 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 why? Just never knew. To be honest, I didn't see the thing coming. Look, it's a spoiler. If anyone's going to be listening to this, by the time I already said spoiler, to be a, there's a, there's a secret agent, undercover agent or whatever, and then there's a double agent and then a triple agent. I mean, holy shit, you couldn't see it coming because they threw you off at the start when he's sitting there burning his photos and making you think he's, you know, he's going to turn himself in and and um, it's all about his country and that. But obviously everyone has already forgotten about the Russian house at the very, very start with all the kids and uh, the guy and the kid. They really highlighted the fact that there was an 18-year-old kid there. And when you see that Russian lady who gets on the plane with her Russian guards, she just looks like a broken woman. She looks like a powerful woman. They focus in on the wedding ring on her hand, which suggests that, you know, obviously she was married or she had some kids and she was looking at her watch constantly and that type of watch 
the gold pocket watch, I believe. When you look at that, well, clearly there's a photo on the inside of them. They don't want you to see it, and you don't throughout the whole movie, and that's it. And then, so you're thinking, back to the movie. You go back to the movie and you start watching it. But in the back of your head, you go, why was there a, a raid on the house? They give you a rundown and said, oh, it was a KGB, blah, 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 and a safe house and so on, so on, and so on. And, of course, Overwatch doesn't exist, so they were never going to target them. But, and then, of course, Mark Wahlberg's just completely narrate, uh, narrating or monologuing the whole movie at points to confuse you, right, to make you forget. And then, of course, he says, they'll say hello to your mother for me. And, of course, the bad guy in the embassy that attacks Lee Nor also says in their native language, say hello to your mother for me. Or this is from your mother, and he calls him traitor. So, you know, that was, I think, directed at him being a traitor to his actual country, but we only saw it as that. We didn't see it as a third a triple agent where he was actually a Russian spy. And he was implemented in there to be activated when the shit hit the fan 16 months earlier in that KGB house, which obviously turns out to be that 18-year-old kid was the, the son of that lady who happened to be, she can't remember what her position was, but she was massively powerful. And she just set this thing in motion in order to flush out Overwatch and... That's it. Just annihilate them. So, thank you for listening to my rant. Chaos movies coming at you from Chris. I will say one thing, though. I did manage to come across the fact that I think it's in production, not pre or post-production, but it's in production for next year, the sequel to Mile 22. And that would make sense because Mark Wahlberg is fucking loose and... At the very end of that movie, he's staring at a puzzle, and I believe the puzzle will be to find out where the hell Lee Nor went, and um, obviously what happened to Alice, they don't tell you, so it'd be interesting to see what comes up. So, if you're out there and you heard me, thanks for listening. I'll chat to you later.